0: Are
1: you ready? Wausau Cyclones Hockey is back on the home ice this weekend. Don't miss $2 beer night on Friday and the first ever wiener dog races on Saturday. Puck drops at 7, 10 p.m. both nights. Buy tickets online at wausausaucyclones.com. Go clones! What's going on, Cyclones fans? Jake Sunholes back with you for another episode of Inside Cyclones Hockey. Uh, cyclones coming off a uh, successful home and home in a way successful uh, if you are the visiting team I guess you could uh, you could say as uh, the cyclones went down to Oregon to take on the tradesmen last Friday and uh, came away with a four to three overtime victory cyclones would then uh, host the tradesmen which is you know the point of a home and home and unfortunately unfortunately would lose four to nothing to wrap up uh, their season rivalry with the Oregon tradesmen. Uh, but uh, either way, the cyclones able to split games, able to uh, get at least one point out of the weekend and uh, overall had a pretty good showing all season long against the Oregon tradesmen. on Friday night, uh, the cyclones would score one goal in the first, one goal in the second, one goal in the third, and one goal in overtime. Scoring uh, first for the Oregon Tradesmen twice actually was Tyler Stuick. Uh He gave them a two-to-nothing lead into the in the first period until Gage Beers but cut that lead in half courtesy of the power play. Now, if you've been paying attention, if you've been following along all season long, the power play when these two teams get together, it just goes wild uh, on both sides, on both directions. Uh, at one point, over five periods of hockey between these two teams, there were seven power play goals scored. Gage Viersba able to get another power play goal. Maybe I'll look into how many total uh, was scored for both these teams when they got together and uh, have it for you next podcast. But regardless, Gage Viersba took one from Luke Anderson and Pavel Bakhtin, cut the lead in half. Bowen would get on the board for the lone goal in the second Just his second goal of the season. Tied that game up at two. And then Pavel Bakhtin, just five minutes into the third period, gives the Wausau Cyclones the lead. So it was three unanswered for the Cyclones after the Tradesmen took a two-nothing lead. Uh, Again, this is on Tradesmen home ice. The three-to-two lead for the Cyclones for about the next ten minutes until Dylan Schmidt would tie things up, send it to overtime, and who gets to play the hero this time? None other than Nolan Gifford, assisted by Hayden shoemaker and Will Britton. Will Britton, the guest on the Players Only segment for this particular episode of Inside Cyclones Hockey, and uh, very, very happy to have him back out on the ice. I'm not sure if this was his first game or his second game back, but Will Britton right there back on the score sheet in the assist column uh, where you can uh, typically find him. He's got eight assists on the season. Goaltenders, uh, Mitch Miskovich picked up the win in 63 minutes and 15 seconds of action, made 35 saves on 38 shot attempts. Anthony Edelman, uh, the losing goaltender, made 32 saves on 36 shot attempts. This game also provided us with the NA3HL play of the week for the Central Division, uh, or it might have even been the play of the week for the entire NA3, but those uh, honors and that award going to... The goaltender, none other than Mitch Miskovich, an incredible save. It was a centering pass, point blank right in front, and he was able to uh, get a pad cleanly on it and make a very, very nice save uh, and uh, keep the Cyclones ahead by one goal at that particular time uh, of that game. I will put the link in the description in the index right below this episode, So if you're listening, make sure to uh, – the video is only about two minutes long. And even if you want to fast forward to the number one play, all you got to do is commit about 20 seconds and watch Mitch Miskovich and his play of the week save. So, again, I will attach that uh, right under this episode in the index. So that was Friday night. The Cyclones would then hop on the bus, come back home, and await Oregon's arrival on Saturday Unfortunately, in front of a very, very good crowd, a, a great crowd, actually, at the Marathon County Ice Arena, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in attendance for our T-shirt giveaway presented by La Taqueria. Lots of yellow T-shirts in the stands, uh, lots of good energy in the crowd. And uh, overall, uh, across the, the players, across the fans and everything that night, unfortunately, the tradesmen played a very good game defensively. Uh, only allowed 20 shots from the from the Cyclones opposed to the 40 that they put on net against the Cyclones. So shots on goal, the uh, biggest difference in the game. Fred Rufus, uh, the uh, young goaltender who has not played much this season, able to make all 20 saves that came his way, earns himself a shutout for the tradesman. Zach Dojan uh, played well, uh, played very well, made 36 saves on 40 shot attempts, but Uh, The goals that were earned by the tradesmen, nothing easy, uh, nothing that Dojin probably uh, wishes that he had back. They were a couple of uh, two-on-one goals that were were nicely done, Uh, a couple of shots that were put just below the crossbar or rang off the outside post and in. Uh, So some very well-deserved goals uh, being earned by the tradesmen. But uh, Dojan and Miskovic playing pretty well overall on the weekend. And uh, again, no surprise, as I just said, the power play has been massive between these two teams. Friday night, Gage Viersma gets one to go on the power, power play. Saturday night, the Tradesmen score twice on the power play, back-to-back in the second period, pretty much uh, putting that one out of reach for the Cyclones. Sam Vanderhoeven and Carter Staub each credited with a power play goal in the second period. No Scoring to speak of in the third period and no goals for the Cyclones overall. So, there it on Saturday night. So, there you have it. A successful home and home. If you were the visiting team, uh, the tradesmen, I believe, beat the Cyclones uh, five out of eight games this season. So, the the Cyclones getting the better of the tradesmen three times. Hopefully, going to look for. More success against this particular team in coming years as we now have the I-39 Cup to battle for each and every season. Coming up now is a contest with a familiar opponent in Milwaukee. That's going to be on Friday and Saturday night as Milwaukee comes to town. And then Wausau heads to Rochester uh, for the only road games of the entire month of February. But what's interesting is when you look at the Cyclones' next seven games, five of them are against the Milwaukee Power. And of course, the Milwaukee Power uh, is the team you got to beat if you want to solidify yourselves in the playoffs. I think the Cyclones, I'm not going to say it's no worries because anything can happen and I don't want to get cocky or don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the Cyclones just got to take care of business. Again, if you win a majority of those games, those upcoming five games against the Milwaukee Cyclones, and especially if you can steal one on the weekend against the Rochester Grizzlies, who the Cyclones have already beat twice this season, your Wausau Cyclones will indeed find themselves in the NA3HL playoffs. So some exciting stuff going on here in Wausau. Uh, Very, very exciting. What uh, will be month of of March, excuse me. Wow, I forgot what, what month came after February there for a second. But lots of home action in February and then hopefully some playoff action as we move towards the middle of March so that's pretty much uh, all I've got for you here regarding uh, what you may have missed um, in game wise on ice wise for the Wausau Cyclones. Got a jam packed episode for you here. It is Zach Surway, and as I mentioned already, Will Britton going to be my guest for the players only segment, and then we have a very special sit- special sit down with Nancy, uh, the owner of Pizza Ranch in Weston. One of our best sponsors, one of our great – we love all of our sponsors, but one of our great uh, sponsors who uh, is very, very involved with the Wausau Cyclones. Uh, They have their hands in um, our tickets, our jerseys, uh, just general advertising, um, and and they really do a lot for our players, offering them a buffet to start the season, end the season, and they hosted our Meet the Cyclones event all the way back in October. Uh, So make sure you stick around for that conversation with Nancy. Uh, again, congratulations to Mitch Miskovich, one of the many Cyclones to uh, either be er, be given Star of the Week honors or Play of the Week honors, uh, but it's always, always exciting. I know I talked to Mitch. He said he jumped up and down when he saw that uh, he earned not only a Play of the Week, but the number one Play of the Week. So congrats to Mitch. Another thing I wanted to throw out there. Tradesmen did beat the Cyclones four to nothing on Saturday, but that's just the third time all season the Cyclones have been shut out. One time back in mid December against in a three 0 loss against the Peoria Mustangs, and or excuse me, against a uh, the uh, Mustangs loss three to nothing came all the way back in October. The shutout loss was against Wilmer. I believe that was a four to nothing loss on Wilmer Ice in. Uh, December. So multiple months in between each shutout occasion for the Cyclones. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. It's tough to go all season long without uh, having a goose egg hung on you at least once or twice, especially when you're playing 40-something games uh, in a season. So the Cyclones uh, shut out for the third time this season, but nothing to hang their heads about. Uh, Oregon uh, just played the better game simply on Saturday, and Cyclones had a little bit of trouble uh, getting pucks on net. Uh, but just three three Cyclones, three times the Cyclones have been shut out. The Cyclones have earned more than three shutouts on the season. So uh, if you're comparing, you know, apples to apples, Cyclones ahead of their opponents in the shutout department. So just wanted to throw that out there as well. Make sure if you're following the Wausau Cyclones across your favorite social media at Wausau Cyclones. few weeks left yet to uh, tag us in a tweet or an Instagram post showing us that you have shared the podcast to your own personal social media platforms and if you do that you're going to be entered in a drawing to win some cyclones merch we're going to be doing that drawing at the end of february or beginning of march um that's pretty much it Make can follow me on twitter at scent on sport appreciate you hanging out with us here inside cyclones hockey as always We got Will Britton, we got Zach Moppin, and we got Nancy from Pizza Ranch coming up right after this. Tommy's Express Car Wash has everything you need to keep your car clean. And with locations in both Weston and Wausau, it's never been more convenient. With their amazing conveyor belt loading system and license plate recognition technology, you can be in and out in three minutes or less. Plus, take care of the inside of your car with free vacuums and floor mat washers right there on site. Tommy's Express on Schofield Ave in Weston and Bridge Street in Wausau. And welcome back inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now is the Director of Business Operations for the Wausau Cyclones, Zach Surway. And uh, Zach, if those who follow us on social media have been seeing all sorts of pictures of cute dogs the last few days or last week or so maybe now, Uh, because we've got the wiener dog races coming up this weekend, and the more I see the pictures of the dogs, the more excited I get. This thing should be a blast.
0: Yeah, it should be a blast. We've had a really good um, engagement with uh, having this announced, and uh, we'll have a ton of dogs at the races on Saturday night. So right now um, we're going to have 15 total uh, wiener dogs at the race, so it's going to be – exciting uh, opportunity for fans and um the races themselves will take place during the first and second intermission uh so how we'll be structuring it is all the entries uh, will be racing during the first intermission um and then the w- dogs that will advance to the second intermission or the uh, championship race will be uh, just the top three participants from that uh, first race. So uh, we'll see who can uh, make the cut, but it'll be an entertaining uh, first and second intermission on Saturday for sure. And then, of course, uh, all the dogs will be walking around the concourse uh, with their owners. I'm sure getting uh, a lot of uh, pats in the back from uh, the fans attending the game as well.
1: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of love and and attention going to be paid to those dogs. Uh, the the first race, though, man, fifteen wiener dogs. Small they may they might be, but fifteen dogs on the ice at the same time. I assume we're going to have a little bit of chaos and uh, uh, a good amount of laughs in that first race as well. And then the second race, oh, yeah. maybe maybe uh, we zone in, get a little bit more competitive. But uh, fifteen dogs running around on the ice with their short little legs. I am excited to see that one. And as I've been saying, uh, I will stick around during both intermissions and film it for uh, those of you who are going to be joining us on Hockey TV as well. Uh, Anything special for the uh, winning dog and owner?
0: Yeah, we'll have a a prize for the the winning uh, dog and owner. So it should be a a lot of fun with that. And then also um, the dogs. So they'll be racing from the goal line by the scoreboard end of the arena, which is the south end of the arena, to the opposite blue line. So they'll um, finish just um, into, uh, uh, or I should say, just in front of the visitor bench area there. So if people are looking for a good spot to get a nice look at the finish, uh, I'd recommend that you go directly in front of the the visitor bench there um, during the intermissions.
1: There we go. Uh, should be, it's a nice lengthy race too, three quarters length of the ice. So, uh, it should be fun. And as I mentioned, uh, if you want to see some pictures of some of the competitors, head on over to, uh, Instagram at Wasa Cyclones. And I know Zach's been, uh, posting a few of those pups. Um, but, uh, as we look forward to the end of this year, we got some playoff talk coming up in just a second here, but, uh, already looking into next year. I'm sure we'll be talking about this in the off-season episodes of the podcast uh, quite a bit as well, um, but a chance for new sponsorship uh, opportunities if if uh, somebody is a local business owner or knows somebody who they think should get involved uh, and wants to be an official sponsor of the Cyclones in 22 23 uh, How would someone go about doing that?
0: Yeah, so the the step to, to go ahead and, and do that would with- be just heading to our website and they can just go to uh, wassacyclones.com backslash sponsors and then they can uh, simply fill out a form uh, and we'll reach out to them and, and schedule a meeting to uh, see if it's a, a beneficial relationship for for both parties and kind of go over what their exposure obviously would be um, here at the facility in Wassa and how they can you know be a community asset. Um, to be tied in uh, with us here as well. So um, as a lot of the sponsors have seen over the course of the um, previous administration and now into the, the Cyclones, uh, provide value and um, people are excited to tie their brand with a fun and ci- exciting atmosphere uh, that we can provide uh, here at Marathon Park.
1: Well, and we're pretty uh, flexible with our sponsors too, right? Uh, you you know, you could pick anything from a banner to maybe a commercial here on the mm-hmm. podcast uh, to all the way to sponsoring one of our main and biggest giveaways, right? So there's yep. kind of some give and take based on uh, what they're looking to do.
0: Yeah, and that all goes into our, um, really our f- philosophy of of making it something that's customized, that fits their business. Cause I think a lot of times in advertising, some people can get, um, you know, kind of told what they should do, uh, versus really listening to what the, um, business is trying to accomplish. And that's again, what we're trying to, to meet is to meet their goals, um, at the end of the day and, uh, provide them a platform to do that here with the cyclones
1: and uh this weekend uh outside of the wiener dog races uh your little note to me it says new beer special now i know we got a two dollar beer night coming up on friday but what is this new beer special
0: yeah so we have a, a new uh beer promotion that will be uh won't be starting this weekend just be uh or i should say it won't be starting on friday night because of the two dollar beer night so it'll be starting on saturday um evening but what it is is uh, if the Cyclones uh, score a goal at any point in the final 10 minutes of the first period, um, all beer will be two for one through the first intermission. So, hopefully, uh, we can cheer on uh, the Cyclones to get a couple goals in that final 10 minutes of the first period to, to get that two for one beer, which is always a nice added bonus uh, for fans at the game. So, Excited about that new promotion, and I'm looking forward to hopefully scoring some goals against Milwaukee here this weekend and into the future.
1: Yeah, there you go. The team gets off uh, to a hot start. You you can get your uh, Saturday night buzz off to a hot start as well uh, with a a couple of goals late in the first period. So that is our new beer special. And will that be running at every game from here on out outside of the the, uh, $2 beer nights? It will. So
0: yeah, just uh, be running like like I said, not this Friday, but it will start up uh, this Saturday through the rest of the season. All right,
1: beautiful, and uh, of course, Cyclones. um, They won six out of their last eight. uh, Had a a tough end to the weekend against uh, Oregon last weekend, but now five out of their next seven against Milwaukee and Milwaukee really is the one team that we got to key in on here um, and and Mm -hmm. keep separation with as far as playoffs go. So Zach, maybe you have it all calculated out. I, I uh, honestly do not, I can't tell you when exactly we'd be able to clinch. Maybe you have that information, but essentially uh, beat Milwaukee uh, more, more times than not over these next five contests
0: and we're in. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I do actually have the formula. Um, I forget whatever that, that guy's name that's on uh, NBC that does all the playoff formula. But I, that's what I feel like right now when I'm about to, to go over this formula or, or how it all lays out. So right now, as it stands, uh, the Cyclones have 34 total points and Milwaukee has 24 Uh Right now there's 36 games played by each team uh, and we're scheduled to play 47. So with 11 great uh, games remaining here in the season, what the Cyclones have to do, obviously beat Milwaukee twice this weekend, and that will get them to a total of 38 points. Um, And then it'll also in hand take down two more games that Milwaukee can get points. So if, if that happens, This weekend, Milwaukee will be down to just nine opportunities to get two points. Um, And that obviously, nine times two is 18 plus um, 24. Um, What did I say? 18 plus 24, that comes to 42. Um, So with 42 to 38, what would happen then is if, the Power then lose that next Friday night. The Cyclones win um, that Friday night in Rochester. Um, they would at least secure a tie, I believe, that Friday night. And if ultimately Milwaukee would lose that Saturday night, they'd clinch a postseason spot. In Rochester then, so if uh, all plays out and uh, Cyclones win, of course, on Friday Saturday and then the following Friday in Rochester and Milwaukee loses all three cyclones will have the opportunity to clinch that postseason spot on Saturday night in Rochester on the 12th. So hopefully all things uh, come to fruition and uh, the cyclones can get that done here and uh, be postseason bound in 2022.
1: Yeah. So uh, a lot of possibilities, obviously, I think, Cyclones are going to get it done one way or the other. Um, and really the goal is just uh, beat Milwaukee. Hey, hey, five out of five times upcoming here. And uh, you're going to solidify that spot, but uh, lots of different ways that we could get there. I guess we'll see eventually which path they take. Um, but I think that's all we pretty much got tonight, Zach, anything else on your mind before I let you go? No, that should be it. Go clones. All right, go clones. We will see you. Uh, down at the Marathon County Ice Arena for $2 beer and some wiener dog races this weekend. That is Director of Business Operations for the Wausau Cyclones, Zach Sirway. Hey, hockey fans. Head into Fleet Farm where you'll find everything you need. From tires to tree stands, drills to dog food, toys to tools, they've got it all. You can save even more at Fleet Farm when you join the Fleet Farm Rewards Loyalty Program. You get exclusive offers and it's totally free to sign up. Get everything you need at a low, low price at Fleet Farm. Shop in-store or online today. Fleet Farm, proudly serving the Midwest since 1955. All right. Welcome back inside Cyclones Hockey. Today we have a very special guest joining the podcast. It is Nancy from our local Pizza Ranch right here in Wausau. Well, Weston technically. Uh, but uh, she, she and, and Pizza Ranch do a lot of great things here with the Cyclones. And she's going to uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the history of Pizza Ranch, talk a little bit about our corporate uh, sponsor partnership. And uh, who knows what else is going to come up along the way. But uh, Nancy, thank you for taking some time with us. How are you today?
2: I'm well, thank you for asking me to be here. This is a great pleasure. Um, I just kind of want to get you some information on the um, history of Pizza Ranch. The uh, owner, Ronan Ronenweg, and I can never pronounce that correct, so I'm not pronouncing it again. <laughs> he, um, he started when he was 19 years old. Him and his mom wanted to have a business, and they lived in a town, it was called Hull, Iowa. very very small town probably a thousand people at that and so at 19 him and his dad sat down his dad wrote out a um, paper that said this is what this is going to cost this is going to cost so he knew that it wasn't going to be cheap if he wanted to take this on the price back then in 1981 excuse me was $24,597 which is,
1: is pretty cheap. Pretty I mean, not, cheap. <laughs> pretty pretty expensive. Uh, definitely not cheap uh, for any business startup, but especially back then. You know, yep. uh, twenty five grand that's a pretty hefty, uh, pretty significant uh, startup.
2: At nineteen, yes. Yep. And so him and his mother did decide to go ahead and, and do the pizza ranch. They called it. Uh, it started out. It was a very small store. I believe it had. I've been in it once. Oh. Now, it had an old brick oven in it, which they started. And they um, they only had six specialty pizzas and they all dressed up like cowboys they had you know it was just pizza ranch and um, it went over so well and then um, eventually Avery got a partner and they moved on with with things and over the course of the years from 81 till now um, <clears throat> the company's grown to 220 stores will say 200, whatever and um, They've just, it's just been a beautiful work in progress. It's, uh, he still owns and operates. He's he's there for you. He's not one of the hidden owners. He's always out front with you. And um, it's been a great thing for everybody, for us. I mean, I called, when I first went into Pizza Ranch, I called it Shakey's on Steroids because... it was it it was i mean it had pizza chicken mojos you know just like an old shaky's did so but then one day my husband and i just a quick thing for us we were sitting in a pizza ranch and we had both worked at our bit our jobs for over 30 years and so one day we sat down and said maybe we should find something for us and we wanted to come up north And so we were looking at just little small restaurants or something that we could buy. So we're sitting in the Pizza Ranch in Elkhorn, and I said to my husband, I said, well, this is right up our alley. I mean, it's a franchise. You cook what they tell you to cook, so to speak. You've got the time. You don't have to think too much as far as that. And so about a week after we talked about it, my husband said, did you ever check into that Pizza Ranch store? So oh no, we can't afford that. Well, lo and behold, we checked into it and we actually had what we needed to afford it. Because, you know, when you're in your, we were in our 50s. So our, we didn't, you know, you weren't, we weren't looking at retirement and we weren't sure. looking at what we had. We were just out there enjoying life. So we purchased our first pizza ranch in Weston, Wisconsin. And then we, um, Got, in, uh, got involved with Clover as a as a partner, uh, not owner operator so to speak, and we now have the Rhinelander Pizza Ranch, La Crosse Pizza Ranch, and we are in the process of building one in Wisconsin Rapids. So we're we're staying busy. We love it. We love the, the whole thing.
1: Well, and I think um, so. A lot to to unpack there. Something that I'm always interested in asking the people that that start these. Uh, eventual franchises, I heard an interview with the owner of the original Jimmy John guy, too, where, where they asked him, when did you decide to start franchising? At what point did it become too many stores for you personally to run and things like that? So I'd, I'd be interested in, in hearing those answers from uh, the guy who started it as well. But um, do you know, it, was there a mission? I was, I was telling you before we got on air here, my first experience in Pizza Ranch was, I don't know, 12 or 15 years ago, maybe we were out pheasant hunting in South Dakota in a very small town. And um, then I started seeing them pop up in Wisconsin and stuff. But they seem to be in towns that don't, they aren't necessarily the biggest, most populated towns. Um, but at, at the same time, it's a really, really nice restaurant and offers you a lot of different types of foods. Uh, like Zach and I like to say, it's almost like a, you know, a Thanksgiving feast uh, available every single night over at Pizza Ranch. But was there a goal to kind of, like, target some of those smaller towns as well?
2: Yes. Um, matter of fact, when they opened the stores, that was the goal, was never to be in a town bigger than 3,000. Wow. Because they wanted um, the home the home feeling. They never wanted, you know, that's how they were. And, and so, but as, obviously, as years have gone by, the bigger areas... I mean, there's not a lot of small anymore, right. so, you know, I mean, we've, we're in, I don't know, I think we're in, I don't know what the biggest area would be, but I can't imagine it's much more than, like, some prairie with the area around them, maybe 100,000 or, Sure. and that's, that's big. You know,
1: but well, and even here in Wisconsin, you know, you can understand. Obviously, a lacrosse one makes sense, a Wausau one makes sense. But then you start reaching out into, you know, your Rhinelanders and your, um, you know, Plovers in a pretty big metro area as well. But uh, it's just nice to to be able to um, be confident enough in your product and know that, you know, even if we don't have this massive demographic. We're going to sell a lot of pizza. We're going to have a lot of people coming in the door so we can uh, we can go in these smaller towns. And then, again, uh, in a place like Rhinelander, Wisconsin Rapids, even smaller places, you don't have a ton of options to eat at different places a lot of times. So uh, to offer customers a, a quality sit-down type restaurant um, that's available for them at any point throughout the day, I think it's really nice.
2: Thank you. It is. It's wonderful. We thoroughly enjoy our life with it. We've... Um like I said, we're gonna open rapids and then I think we'll be done. It's it's at that point now where the stretch just like you yeah. said, the stretch is, is getting you've set
1: up your own little pizza kingdom, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't need it all yeah, you yeah. don't need to to keep pushing any further. So tell me a little bit about what the franchising you kind of hinted at it a little bit, but what uh, what is becoming a franchise all kind of entail? Um, obviously, you know that you gotta work with your court with the corporate uh you know, the, the higher-ups and whatever, and I'm sure there's uh, things that you got to set up in a certain structure in a certain way, but well, I guess what kind of flexibility versus what kind of concrete things are, do you guys have available to work with?
2: Well, it, Pizza Ranch is very um, flexible. They're uh, very easy to work with and for, um, like with our Rapid store. We, in our Western store, we have what they call the old-style store, the new style stores have a one line buffet. Okay. We've always had the three separate buffets, which I like. Which I love. Yeah. So, when we got ready to build Rapids, I said to uh, our corporate guy, "Can I please have the three buffets? I'm okay with having a separate station for pizza and all the stuff you have to do, which are required." But he said, sure. So they're very flexible, you know. I can't get, I mean, not the a big deal, but I can't get pass-throughs because I don't have the one-line buffet. Right. That's no problem, you know. So they're very flexible with it. I mean, there are definitely, like any franchise, you know, you can't serve food that's not up, approved by Pizza Ranch. You can't change food like your baked beans. You can't put brown sugar in it. Because okay. that changes the nutrition,s it changes everything about the the product. So the product is huge. The product is not something that you can, it's like Culver's or anything else. They right. want you to have the same taste in all of the stores.
1: And that makes total sense. But, you know, having that flexibility as a franchisee, as an as a owner, um, to kind of maybe make the store a little bit your own, or just set up things the way you prefer them, I'm, I'm sure it's got to be, uh, it's got to be a relief to know that you're not like, uh, I guess, sweating every time somebody walks through uh, from corporate. Yeah,
2: no, no. I mean, there are requirements. Obviously, it's like any franchise. You know, you have to have this station, you have to have this, you have to have yeah. that. But they're they're such good people. To work with.
1: So tell me a little bit about the cactus bread because that stuff is just absolutely to die for. I think it's maybe maybe the best dessert on the planet.
2: It is very good, and it's probably one of the simplest pizzas we make it's your pizza you put butter on it and you put cinnamon sugar cook it and frost it that's that's the
1: whole process huh? that's
2: probably pretty much it yeah
1: it's like when you go you know a lot of times at buffets it's like you're sitting there between your third and fourth plate and you're debating (laughs) like should i go up for one more should i not I always quit after that third plate at, at Pizza Ranch because I have to have room for dessert. A lot of other places, it's like whatever I'll, I could take or leave the dessert, but I gotta stuff down some uh, some cactus bread every time I go. Do you put ice cream on it? I've actually never tried the ice cream on it. No, I never have because it's so good on its own. It's so sugary and sweet and everything it on its good, own. You've got to dump
2: it on there one time. All right, well Just you're the one time. you're
1: the pro. Next time yeah. I come, <laughs> uh, next time I come, I will definitely uh, put some ice cream Just, on it. But yeah. uh, one of the things I have found is like I'm not a huge. Um, cherry raspberry different flavoring type guy but when it comes to the cactus bread whatever's out there i love the original just the cinnamon sugar original but i'll I'll eat every flavor
2: yeah yeah when we have we, we we do a lot with the cactus bread it's an easy pizza to add and take away you know to add things take it away and then it's back to your regular cactus bread and and so that's an easy just such an easy thing to work with the the fruit ones um we do have a lot of people that like the fruit i mean it's like eating a small piece of pie almost. yes so we do have that too but the cactus bread is is without a doubt the
1: one that goes over the best oh yeah um another thing i've always been kind of interested about what is your i guess you don't have to give me like a percentage of sales or anything but do you often have people like order pizza from you as if you were i don't know uh, some other type of pizza place where you do a lot of um, like, do they call up and say, hey, could I get three pepperonis and whatever, this and that? Or is it most of your sales come from the buffet?
2: Um, it's it's kind of a the breakdown. Obviously, you have more buffet. But our, our out-the-doors, we would call it, for orders is, is is very good, especially since the pandemic. Because that's all we could do is deliver. But we do. We have groups that, you know, what, 15, 20 pizzas, and we deliver. or We cater, but...
1: Well, and that's a sign that people actually really like your product and don't just come for, you know, the buffet convenience or, you know, the flat price, eat as much as you want. Yeah. Uh, you're still uh, doing well with those out-the-door products, so obviously it speaks volumes of, uh, you know, the product that you guys do put out. Um, want to talk to you a little bit, too, about your involvement, heavy involvement here with the Cyclones, but is there anything else that uh, about the history or about what you guys do at Pizza Ranch that you'd like to mention before we kind of move on here? No, I
2: think, I think we... Covered that pretty good, and like I said, my husband and I are just very pleased that we were able to get in the business. Um, We've been involved for 10 years now, and so we have four stores in 10 years. I think you know, so we've done well, we're very happy.
1: And where were you from originally before?
2: Southern Wisconsin, uh, Janesville, Beloit area. Okay, Lake Geneva, I think, is on the other side of us. So, okay, yep, small town.
1: Well. On behalf of uh, everybody else who's enjoyed Pizza Ranch here in the northern part of the state, we, we are glad that you uh, came up here. We appreciate you uh, uh, and your fine business uh, being in our area. So uh, like I just alluded to, you guys are very involved with the Cyclones, um, one of our biggest uh, sponsors. You do the Dasher Board, Game Night Sponsor, you're our ticket sponsor which for those of you who, who might not know, you get a, a discount at Pizza Ranch uh, every time you come to a Cyclones game. Just got to take your ticket in. Uh, you're a Jersey sponsor. Uh, you pr- you uh, provide a season opening and season closing buffet for the players, and you hosted our Meet the Cyclones event. That's a pretty heavy involvement. Yes. So I guess what is it about the organization? Are you just big hockey fans? Did you did Zach really uh, win you over here? What was it that uh, dis- that you decided to uh, become so heavily involved in such a big part of uh, uh, not only the Cyclones but the Riverwolves in the past as well?
2: Zach Zach won me over when he when we first met. He was the one thing that I appreciated was his honesty and explanations of what was going to happen and I do love sports and I like community orientated things so um, but yeah Zach was it was really a good I guess you call him a salesman I I know that's probably not what he's referred to as but but and I think we hit it off very well too we just have a nice relationship as friends and and um, and he makes it easy for me to get involved because he covers you know he takes care of what I say I give him money and he does his
1: thing you know <laughs> right it's nice to have that kind of you know I trust uh, partner and, and you know you're getting your money's worth uh, hopefully uh, most of the time so would you recommend you know any business partners out there we, we're, we talked about on uh this episode uh Zach and I's conversation already starting to look for um additional sponsorships and partners for the 2022-2023 season would you recommend if people are out there thinking about it to uh, get involved
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Just call here, talk to Zach. He'll help you out, big or small. And he's never told me I had to spend six thousand or a thousand. He's just whatever you're comfortable with. So it, it makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, and I know that's one of Zach's and one of their overall goals here is to kind of uh, really work with uh, work with sponsorships and make it a cohesive relationship. So we're both getting the best out of out of uh, each other. Um, so. Nancy, we've had you for almost 20 minutes here, so we do appreciate your time. Uh, I know the listeners uh, are going to be very interested as well, especially those who have tried Pizza Ranch. If you have not tried Pizza Ranch, I encourage you to get there as soon as possible. Like you said, over, what, 230-something locations, you said? Yep. So uh, pretty much no excuse not to uh, get out there and try it at this point. Uh, Any other final thoughts on your mind here before I let you go?
2: Yes. If you uh, mention this ad or mention this podcast, um, Come into the store, mention it,
1: and we'll give you a dollar off your buffet. Dollar off your buffet, which I believe is the same is uh, a dollar off on the back of the on ticket the back of as the tickets, well, right? Yeah. All mm-hmm. right, so another great opportunity to take advantage, save a little bit of money, and uh, enjoy some not only great pizza, but I mean they got the whole thing. They got uh, chicken, they got corn biscuits, gravy. Uh, I know you guys do a bunch of different like potato sides. I've seen you know fry uh, like potato wedges there, different uh, green beans, all different stuff. So. Um, yeah just just a great experience down at pizza ranch so uh get on down there check it out as soon as you can and is that offer good for uh just the weston one or any of the ones that you're involved with just the
2: Westin one. just
1: the weston yep. one all right yep. so make sure you head on over to weston uh right over by target uh not gonna not gonna miss it if you're over in weston pizza ranch has a very very pronounced uh uh spot like lot i would say over uh over amongst those businesses so nancy Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be seeing you more around here soon. You
2: will. Thank you.
1: All right. That is the owner of Pizza Ranch, Nancy, and one of our fantastic partners here of the Wausau Cyclones. With hockey season beginning to wind down, you may find yourself with some more time on your hands than usual. Lucky for you, ALVS has just the right opportunity for you to fill that time. It can also help you boost your GPA and possibly even earn you college credit. What you may not know, and hey, we didn't know this either, is that Apex Learning was the first provider of online AP classes. So who better to take an AP class online from? And it's not too late. There's plenty of time to sign up for their AP psychology course and be ready for the college board exam on May 3rd. Having an AP course on your transcript is always a good idea and when you are applying to colleges. First of all, you know how smart you're going to look? Second, AP courses are typically weighted more heavily and will increase your GPA a bit more than a regular class. So for instance, a B will actually calculate as an A, and who doesn't need a little help uh, here and there raising their GPA? Take it one step further and sit for the AP exam and score a three or higher, and most colleges will give you credit for that college class. ALVS AP Psych is already approved by the NCAA, So earning a B or higher will also help you raise your overall NCAA core GPA. And even if you graduated from high school already, NCAA will accept this as college credit as long as you haven't enrolled full-time in college yet. So many reasons to take AP Psych with ALVS. Sign up now and you'll have 12 weeks to complete the course and be prepared to sit for that AP exam on May 3rd. Take your academic training uh, to the next level and enroll today. We have a new promo code just for this course. It's worth $50 off. That's a pretty darn good deal. $50 off. So just jot this down. I love Psych 22. That's I love Psych 22. All right. And welcome back inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me this week for the players only segment is number 10. He's from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, defenseman for the Cyclones, Will Britton. Uh, Will, first of all, thank you for taking some time being on the podcast here. And second, I am happy to see you back on the ice, man. Got to feel good to be back out there, huh?
3: Yeah, it feels really good to be back out. Felt like I've been out for a long, long time. So it's good to be back out on the ice.
1: Yeah, and it's been what, roughly five? It was five weeks or so you got injured back. Uh, at the showcase in Blaine on December 20th, if I'm remembering correctly, against the uh, El Paso Rhinos. Um, the, the imp- You you leaving that game, uh, it took a pretty big impact on the team. I mean, ended up uh, losing that one pretty badly. And obviously, you're a very, very solid defenseman. We're going to get into your numbers here uh, uh, soon. But before we kind of go back, look at your hockey history and stuff, just take me through that injury a little bit. What happened that night on the ice? Because I was there, I was calling the game, but I didn't exactly see what happened.
3: Uh, well, I think it was like a two on two or something for the, uh, rhinos. And then I like tied someone up in front and he pretty much just landed on the side of my knee and it like caved in and it didn't feel too good. kind of knew something was up right away.
1: Yeah. Not great. So what was the ultimate diagnosis? Was it like an MCL or just, uh, it just messed up enough that you had to give it some time to recover? Or what ended up? Uh, yeah, it was,
3: it was, a sprained MCL
1: and a, bone bruise yeah it's pretty nasty especially uh in your knees obviously that's pretty key uh when it comes to skating so uh happy to happy to have you back obviously what was the rehab process like was it just a lot of rest uh or did you actually have to do some rehab or or what did it look like over those five weeks or so it was a lot of
3: rest and ice and then pt like two to three times a week trying to build strength back and get the knee moving again
1: And then how anxious, obviously nobody wants to be out with injury. You want to get back on the ice as soon as possible, but you start seeing your team play, you know, the best they've been playing all season winners of six out of eight in a row, Uh, you know, leading up to your comeback, how anxious for you to get back on the ice and be part of uh, all the success you guys have been having lately.
3: I was really anxious to get back, like seeing how good the team was doing, just made me want to play more. And now that I'm finally back, it's good to hopefully contribute to that success now.
1: Yeah, and another guy that was hurt uh, was Zach Moppen, hurt for pretty much the same amount of time. And You guys both came back within, what, days of each other? So uh, obviously... Yeah, we both uh, had the same injury. Really? I did not We've know that. The well, and it, it helps the special teams a lot. You guys obviously both big on the penalty kill and, uh, and, and such. So uh, happy to, to have you both back. And uh, especially, you know, it's a good time to get healthy as we uh, start this playoff push and, and work towards the end of the season. I guess if you're going to get hurt at any point, you picked a pretty good, uh, pretty good spot in the season to do it. But um, anyway, uh, knee is back, or knees back to healthy. You're back on the ice. Let's let's go back. Talk about a little bit about your hockey history. This is how I usually start these podcasts with you guys. Tell me when you started playing hockey. When you started really taking it seriously, thinking about like you know maybe this is something I want to continue doing after high school. Maybe try to make a career out of it. And uh, just tell me a little bit where you played and how you eventually ended up here in Wasa. Um. So when I really figured out I wanted to
3: continue hockey, it was probably my junior year of high school with pretty much all of my teammates, or at least most of them, were also continuing their hockey career in like juniors and college. So it kind of inspired me or led me to almost do the same thing. And how I ended up on the Cyclones was I met Colin at a camp over the summer. And then we pretty much just stayed in contact throughout the whole summer. Let them know my plans, and then ended up coming here. And I've loved it so far.
1: Well, in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, that you know that whole area of Minnesota, the whole state, obviously. But you guys eat, sleep, breathe hockey, so it's it's no surprise that uh, you had a lot of teammates, a lot of friends that were looking to continue their <laughs> their hockey career. Uh, how much of an advantage do you think it it was for you? to play in such, you know, in an area where hockey is, is uh, so profoundly played and played at such a high level. Uh, how big of an advantage do you think that's given you coming into juniors?
3: I think it was a huge advantage because I was pretty much going up against every day in practice, just like D1 players and USHL players and all players. So it really challenged me to like be my best every day and help me kind of advance my strong suit of defense like going up against them
1: yeah and as i said off the top you're you know one of the best defensemen on this team extremely ta- uh solid and talented defensively i've heard a lot of people say you have you know obvious na talent um and and, and, and i agree uh, but from a defensive standpoint you know you have eight points on the season all of them coming from assists you also lead the team in plus minus at plus six um as a as a skater and especially as a defenseman, like How important is that plus six stat to you? Is that something that you really take pride in, um, especially as a defenseman?
3: Yeah, I say my plus minus is like the stat that I try to like be the best because obviously you don't want to get scored on. And when you're on the ice, you want to score. So that kind of shows just like how you are as a defenseman or how you impact the
1: game. Exactly. And like I said, uh, team team leading, too. Um, and I, I would venture to guess that uh, if you had been playing the last five, five or six weeks, that that number would probably be even better, especially on this, uh, you know, the the win streak that you guys have been on lately. But um, have you ever been much of a goal scorer at all or pretty much just defensive minded? Uh, pretty much as always a defensive
3: mind. I like to get some goals in, but I've really never been a goal scorer.
1: That's all right. Everybody plays their role. And, you know, guys like Gage and a few other guys up top there, they, they score plenty for everybody. So uh, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So we we, we need some solid defense. Some, uh, you know, playmakers are, are just as important. Um, yeah, speaking of your D group, uh, I think there's seven of you who play uh, most of most of the time. The Lions share time. Five of those guys are right handed. You are one of them, only two left handed defensemen. So Probably less of a big deal for you, but how have you guys uh, managed to navigate that? Especially when you were out for so long, uh, you know, five out of the six guys, all righties. How, how have you guys managed that?
3: Um, Honestly, I feel like it hasn't like impacted the team that much, like having that many righties. I feel like it works the same. We pretty much have all good defensemen who can do what they need to do, even if they're on like Already on the left side, so I think like they're all good enough to be able to hold their own on, like,
1: an offhand. Yeah, I suppose, especially at this level of hockey, like, if you're not able to play both sides, you know, you probably, you're probably not going to keep advancing, so obviously you guys uh, have been flexible, and it's seemed to work out pretty well for you. Um, but you guys uh, have, have beaten pretty good teams already this year. Now you get a chance to uh, win a few more games and solidify a playoff spot. Uh, kind of the funny part is, uh, you guys are battling with Milwaukee or just trying to keep your distance on Milwaukee and you actually play them five out of your next seven games. Uh, tell me what are some advantages and disadvantages of playing the same team that many times in a row?
3: Um, the advantages would be you obviously get to see how they play, learn how they play and just kind of get used to playing them. And then kind of goes both ways. The disadvantages would be they get the same and learn how to play against you guys too.
1: Yeah. And these are very big games as we're coming down to the wire. Um, I think you need to beat Milwaukee like two out of these next five times and they got to lose one game on top of that. And you guys wrap up a playoff spot or something like that. But uh, has the playoff has playoffs really been like a, a main, a key focus for you guys? Obviously you're approaching the end of the season. Like, Uh, you're almost a 500 team. You've been doing things really, really well this season. Is the main goal right now to reach the playoffs. Obviously, you want to win in the playoffs too, but uh, how much at the front of your mind uh, is this playoff run? Yeah,
3: I'd say reaching the playoffs is one of our main goals because well, we say right now, like, playoffs has pretty much already started. Like, it's pretty much playoff hockey right now because everyone's battling for a spot. And you need to be at your best, like towards the end of the season, going in the playoffs, like carry the momentum into the postseason.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And like I said, that's exactly what you guys are doing. You're you're hitting your peak. You're playing your best hockey right now, and uh, you're gonna get another a couple more cracks at the Grizzlies as well. Try and knock off uh, the top seed uh, once again, which you've already done twice this season. Uh, so a lot of good games, a lot of important games coming up here uh, throughout the next few weeks. Um, just a couple other more, uh, fun, uh, questions, get to know you a little bit. Uh, who do you live with, uh, your billet, not necessarily your billet family, but who else on the team do you live with? Uh, I'm just by myself
3: in my billet house.
1: Really? How'd you manage that?
3: Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I kind of just got assigned here at the beginning of the year.
1: Well, I guess you don't have to share a room and, uh, if you ever yeah. want to be away from those guys for a little bit, at least you get, you get a little bit, bit of a break, but, uh, yeah. you're actually the first one I've nice talked to you that. What's that? It's pretty nice actually. Yeah. Yeah. I would say with all the time you guys spend at the rink practicing on the bus in hotels, I assume having a little, uh, alone alone is not too terrible. Yeah. Um, so, so what are some goals for your hockey career? Obviously you're still young, uh, in your hockey career, junior hockey career. You got a lot of years left. When you do eventually uh, hang them up, uh, what's going to make you happy uh, that you've been able to accomplish? Like, what are your ultimate goals uh, in the game of hockey? Um, I'd say
3: probably my final goal would be to reach uh, like a NCAA team, and I feel I feel pretty confident that I could do that if I keep moving up to the next level and working on my game. So
1: I'd say that's that'd be my and Cole. Yeah. I don't, I don't see why not, especially somebody that's solid defensively. And there's always room for that kind of guy on a roster uh, somewhere. So, um, I I wish you the best of luck, man. And, uh, I usually open the floor up to you guys at the end of these things. I I'm all through all my questions. So is there anything on your mind you want to talk about or anything uh, you thought I might ask you coming into this or, um, I don't really got anything on top of my head. Uh... That's fine. Most, most of the time you guys don't. I just like to uh, – I know sometimes I don't know if there's something specific you want to talk about, and I didn't, uh, I, I didn't mention it. I want to make sure uh, you guys have your opportunity to talk about it. But uh, regardless, um, I wish you the best of luck personally and obviously the rest of the season here. I'm really looking forward to uh, all these home games in February. You guys uh, are on the road just one time in February. That's got to be uh, a little bit of a relief at this point in the season.
3: Yeah. That'll be really nice. Not having to travel
1: for sure. And a, a ton of fun giveaways. We're doing a wiener dog race this weekend. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on, uh, at the marathon County ice arena. So will thank you for your time, man. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Uh, no problem. I'll, I'll see you around the rink. Best of luck this weekend. And, uh, if you see, will see the rest of the guys, uh, after some games come up, say hi, I'm sure he'll sign some autographs and, uh, Uh, talk to the fans and all that good stuff. So uh, that is number 10, defenseman for the Wausau Cyclones, Will Britton. Have a good night, man. Thank you, you too. Don't miss a minute of Cyclones hockey this season. Catch all the action on HockeyTV.com.